1: My friend, makeup artist extraordinaire, just all round excellent human being, Nicola Chapman. Oh, hi, hi, darling. Thanks for having me. Didn't? It's not even a question. It was just always a matter of time. It's, it's a always a time. pleasure to speak to you. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I mean, yeah, I'm really good. It's nice. It's uh, now it's summer holidays. It's really nice. I don't have to do any homeschooling.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, my goodness. goodness.
2: Oh my god, I hated it so much. I'm not a teacher. I'm good at teaching makeup. But I'm not a, you know, luckily my learning age is probably the same as Edie, seven to eight-year-old. So I've learned so much. Um, so it's, yeah, uh, everything. I'm like, hang on, let me just Google that because I'm not sure whether that has an EY or whether that's just a Y at the end. <laughs> I was speaking
1: to someone the other day who has a child similar age, I think, to Harry, How eight. Eight, yeah. Um, but then also a teenager and just said the homeschooling for the eight-year-old has been a cinch but the teenager I am clearly I would not pass those exams
2: no well Harry's doing all partitioning and well that's not too difficult but the way they do maths is so different to how well I never really did it let's be honest but (laughs) different. and Ian took that because Harry just laughed at me and be like mum you won't be able to do this I'm like I know buddy There's no problem. I'm not interested in doing it even, but it doesn't, I do, I would have done a job in that if that, but no, it's not my, not my forte.
1: That's an interesting thing to suddenly have to do. Just be a teacher.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like if you Google parent, because me and Harry have had this argument when I'm like, darling, I'm, I'm your, he's like, you're not my teacher. I'm like, I am. That is my main role in life. I am your teacher. And he's like, no, you're not. You're my mum. So I, I was like, right. I Googled parent. Thank God, it said teacher, <laughs> <Or> teacher. <laughs> the first line teacher. So um, sorry, I fall. Um okay, you're so, in a soap Um Yeah, I, I I was like, look, Harry, teacher, and he was like, oh, all right. I said, so my job is to teach you. It's to teach you to be a well-mannered boy, a polite boy, wrong and right. Um, and he was fine, but uh, yeah, but it's not that sort of teacher. Mm. never to be a maths teacher or a literacy teacher because i ain't good at that
1: yeah so um summer holidays
2: yeah we're on summer holidays now so it's fine
1: so fun teacher
2: fun, yeah it's fine <laughs> We're now and we can play games and do all the stuff that we enjoy a little bit more well having taken
1: on the role of teacher uh which is something sort of completely unexpected you may have needed to have delved into your store of feel-good habits to get you through the end of the day or to get you, you know, at the end of the day to kick back and go, oh, that was a lot. So you very kindly said that you will come on and share your feel-good habits with uh, me and my most excellent listeners. So where do we begin, my friend?
2: Music, always. Music is my most favourite thing in the world. It gives all the feels, emotion, sadness. You know, there's songs for everything. So I will always turn music I love going to festivals I've been gutted they've all been cancelled I love live music but I love and listening to it to make you feel better
1: Mm. have you had any albums or I mean I know you said earlier before we started recording you've got specific songs but have you got any albums
2: well my favorite albums are Fleetwood Mac um well they're my favorite band um but at the moment, I'm really into um, Bishop Briggs. Have you heard of Bishop Briggs? No. I really, really, they everything I like is very beaty. So I like, I normally like a female singer with a real <laughs> sudden, boom, boom, I like that sort of music that has a hard bass to it, if you know what I mean. I also absolutely love house music. Love it. It's my go-to. It reminds me of happy times when I was like, a teenager in my early twenties and I'd go to like clubs and just dance the night away. So, um, I love, and actually my kids love it now. And Ian does as well. Cause, um, Ian and I used to, in our teens, go clubbing together.
1: Oh, I never went clubbing. I think I went to a couple of clubs and I hated them.
2: Really? I
1: mm-hmm.
2: think quite a, um, people that are outside of London, I think it's something that people, well, maybe people in London do, but it's a very different club scene in London to what you get when you are outside London. There isn't, I don't know, you would drive to go to a club, do you know what I mean? And they, it would be like a head candy event or what well, used to be called Milky Lunch or something like that. And everyone would be like, are you going to that? Are you go into that? And, yeah, it's just something that you used to do when you lived, I imagine, when you lived outside of London.
1: Mm-hmm. I just remember on the motorways you know you'd see all the signs with the DJs like DJ Carl Cox and things is it yeah. Carl Cox yeah and I think Ooh, something's going on but yeah I think I used to be designated driver so I used to just be like oh when is everyone going to be ready to
2: oh I, to was, I was too young to even get in <laughs> I used to have to be like please let me get into this club please let me get into this club otherwise I'm going to spend the next four hours sitting in a car because we traveled there but um I used to manage it
1: I used to manage it So is this what you work out to? Do you have particular music to work out?
2: Um, I also like music to work out to that's quite beaty as well. I just love to have something, especially if you're running, not that I do that so much, but if you're running, you want to have something to kind of set your pace to or to, um, you know, do the movements too to get you motivated like I quite often have my break when it's like something that's a bit mellower and then I'll think I'm going to wait for the beat to kick in and then I'm going to really smash this home and do the rest of my burpees or whatever it is that I'm currently doing at that time
1: yeah when I used to run I used to have specific track lists that would be 140 beats per minute see yeah I love very much
2: I love how geeky you are I wouldn't even know I'd be like yeah she's got a good beat (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't have two beats for a minute. I'd just be like, "That sounds good. I'm on it."
1: I remember being on a treadmill. I was in a gym in Italy with Inga, formerly of Cosmo. You know Inga, yeah. And we were on treadmills next to each other, and she was listening to um what was it uh, uh, not Price Waterhouse Cooper that Stockhagen and Waterman. <laughs> She was listening to like Kylie and that kind of yeah. upbeat music, and she was in yeah. this really nice rhythm. And I was on the treadmill next to her listening to Guns and Roses, and I was in a really nice rhythm, but I was furious.
2: <laughs> yeah. See, I'd be listening to something like, um, what's my favourite? Oh, it depends on the mood. If I'm in, when I was in my 20s and hadn't wasn't in a proper relationship or something, I'd listen to, like, Beyonce, Independent Woman or something like that to really get me going and motivating. You must not know about me, you know what I mean? (laughs) I can have another you in a minute. It would be things like that. But now it's more, um, I quite like Plan B as well. His new album's really good and beaty. But normally there's amazing album, Renaissance Classics. Is it called Renaissance Classics or Renaissance These Classics? Let me just play you a beat. And then um, like, if this doesn't bring you happiness, I don't know, and it, you only need the first line, so maybe you might have to take it out. We'll see. Um, let me turn it up for this first. Just <laughs> oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, how can you? Does that not bring you so much joy? It's like I'm you down deep down where the love is. I literally, anything like that. I'm. Yeah, and my kids are like, Mum, calm down. I'm like, no, listen to it, buddy. Listen. Funnily, I have been listening to a lot of
1: Stevie Nicks during lockdown. Have you I don't like her voice very much? And yeah. so, so by Osmosis, Pleatwood Mac as well. But Rooms on Fire has been a defining track of lockdown for me. I love it.
2: Oh, see, I just think Stevie Nicks has such a lovely, raspy voice, mm. to it. it's really clear, but it's also got this under. Tone of graveliness, which I really, really like. My favourite is The Chain.
1: Have the you song. seen Harry Styles cover The Chain?
2: It was so brilliant in the live lounge. It was yes. so brilliant. I was like, oh, my God, I've never fancied you because you're a child, but you look really fit singing this song.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I've fallen in love with him as well. But you know that he and Stevie Nicks are really good mates.
2: Oh, really? I and love they've, Yeah,
1: They've performed together and they've performed as uh, it stopped dragging my heart around so that one anyway they've been performing together as well and it's it's just like oh my god I couldn't be happier I uh, literally couldn't be happier
2: yeah, he's, he, he did that so well I did oh Ian was like Nick 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 have you listened to this because he knows what I really love Fleetwood Mac so he was like oh you've got to listen to Harry Styles I actually really like some of his music that he's brought out I like his style and I like his sort of music that he's, genre that he's decided to go for, which is obviously more him than Mm. than maybe being in a boy band.
1: And he also did an incredible cover of Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel.
2: Was that in the Live Lounge too?
1: It was on Howard Stern's radio show.
2: Oh, maybe I haven't listened to that. I feel like I have, but maybe I haven't.
1: I will send you the link after this. Um, So am I, I'm going to run ahead and assume, is working out one of your feel-good
2: habits as well? Definitely um i have to because when i am when i am in a bad mood or when i'm not feeling great i have an inner anger that i think i i generate to everyone around me i think i'm fine but i'm obviously you know how some people can change a room's atmosphere yeah i think i do that i never thought i did and i know people that do but now I think mm, I think I might be really really that person that sets everyone on edge when I'm angry you can like see it in my how I carry myself and whatnot do you know what I mean like mm. just have this don't even talk to her wrong don't look at her don't smile at her I think I am that um so I do take myself off and go and train and Get it out of my system, or I put something on that I enjoy, um, because I'd hate I hate the thought of me being that person that can change a mood of the whole household. Yeah, just because I'm on a tipping point. Do you know what I mean? I,
1: I know exactly what you mean. Some of my actually my crappiest memories are where I've stayed in situations, not crappiest memories, but you know, feeling of I can just go back to that feeling of frustration of being in a situation that I didn't want to be in and not for whatever reason leaving.
2: Yeah. You and sort of years out of it.
1: Yeah. And it's years crazy. later thinking I I had the power to leave, why didn't I?
2: Yeah, there's just and actually I have a counsellor, which is another one of my feel good habits habits, um, who it's really nice to just talk about you for an hour. Do you know what I mean? I I I, I don't think it's Ian's job to well, I'll get back to training in a minute. I don't think it's Ian's job to always you know, deal with all of everything that's going on. And I also don't always want to tell everyone everything. I also don't always want my husband to know everything. And I don't mean it in a way of, um, it's not his job in a way to, to put me on the even mm. level that I need to be on. So um, I finally got a counsellor and, oh my God, it's the best thing I've ever done. Just to have someone that I know, your job is to listen to me, talk about me for an hour. And to hear how they decipher what you're saying and, and, you know, without giving you any direction or saying, well, you're this, they just work around it. And it's just the most brilliant thing to Mm. talk to someone and to say, you know, a lot of it comes up that I'm like, I find my son quite challenging. You know, I find him quite angry and I worry that he gets that anger from me. Is it something that he's picked up from me? Not that I'm angry to them, but I would be, I have a short fuse sometimes. You know, when you ask them relentlessly, Harry, have you brushed your teeth? Harry, have you brushed your teeth? And he just ignores you when you say it 30 times. And then the last one, you're like, Harry, brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Why are you shouting? I'm like, because you don't listen to me. And she's really helped me the way I approach it, the way I feel about it, you know, is it going to be a problem if he doesn't? What's the difference? Does he, does he have to do it right now? Or is that a a thing that you've put on your mind? Is that one of your rules? You know, will it, it's really clever how they break it down to you. And I'm just not, I don't raise my voice around them anymore. I'm just not, I just don't have that anger anymore. And I think that's one of the main things is finding out where to push it and where to store that. And you know, how to deal with it. And it just gives you a new mindset. And I think that's probably one of the best things I could have done to help me not get into these situations, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. A friend of mine um, has been seeing a counsellor and basically came out of it a little while later and said, I realise now that every time I used to snap at my team in the job that she used to have, it's because if they didn't do what I said when I asked them to do it in the way that I wanted them to do it, my interpretation was disrespect. Yeah. And so then I came at them with um, a disciplinary, like, I was quite hard on them. And it never occurred to me that maybe they didn't know how to ask me for help or that they were struggling. or And that sounds like a similar thing. It's just changing your perception of reality.
2: And, and you can't change the other people around you but you can change the way you approach them. Like, obviously, from a young age, my my dad left. My mum, he was violent to my mum, so they split up. And me and my sister were older and my brothers were seven. Um, and I'm seven years older and Sam's ten years older. And we stepped up and became almost another parent, in a way. Um, and my counsellor was, I was like, oh, you know, I always host everything and I do this and I'd like it all to be done like that. And she said, and why do you think that is? And it turns out it's because I took on a role of an adult, very, very uh, young. So I'm always trying to over deliver and like everything to be done a stri- certain way. And then she's like, so who was your parent? Where's your parent been? Because you've been on a level with your mum this whole time. And I've been stopping my mum being my parent. Because I don't like her to worry about me. So with everything, with my MS and whatnot, I, if she says, how are you feeling? I'd really struggle to tell her because I don't want her to worry because mm. I'm the alpha male. Do you know what I mean? I'm the mm. alpha male who's looking after her. So um, i really put in new ways of dealing with it where I'm actually telling my mum how I feel I'm letting her be my mum again because I think that's probably another reason why she's a bit scared to ask me because I'm always like yeah I'm fine I'm fine don't worry about me whereas now I'm like do you know what actually mum I've been struggling with this and I've been struggling with that and it's really helped me be able to voice how I'm feeling rather than keep it in just for me do you know what I mean and, and it's also helped our relationship not that me and my mum ever had problems but it's made her be my mum again do you know what I mean? I yeah. took me away from her and I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I'd known that my mum never asked me how I am about my MS. It's because I always shut her down. Every time she asked me, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'll start talking about something else. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's mm. interesting how those things that you didn't realize, they they kind of tell you and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even think that it could be me. Yeah. It's just, it's just fascinating. So... Counselling is way up there as my thing that I think everyone should do.
1: I 100% agree with you. And it's interesting what you say because it's boundaries, isn't it? It's boundaries and barriers. Like you think you're building a protective wall, but actually you're not allowing people through.
2: Yeah, you're becoming the wall. You're You're not allowing yourself to grieve, to talk, to say, to be loved because you're always stopping it from happening because you don't want to hurt other people around you, but you're taking this all on yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's it's mm. such an interesting, interesting thing to do. And the way they break it down, you're like, oh, wow, wow. And you really do open your eyes and see everything differently after you've had, uh, you know, you need quite a few sessions. But afterwards, you're like, oh, my God. Wow, I am in control of this, even though I didn't think I was. I can change this. It's not too late.
1: Yeah, it's really empowering. And can I ask you, did you have... When I first started having therapy, I remember there were two really significant reactions. The first was that I would either come out of a session and feel like I could pick up a a car. I felt so powerful. Or I would have sessions where actually it was like, it might be quite a good idea to have a nap and a bit of a weep.
2: Yeah, I think... (laughs) Yeah, I've had a few like that. And also you never know which way it's going to go and it can go a whole different way to you've expected and suddenly you're crying and you're like wow I didn't expect that to affect me like that what I'm talking about and yeah quite often some of them are really like oh my god I really want to go take the kids for a walk and I want to look at the butterflies and I want to take it all in and I want to remember everything because this might be the last time I get to do this Mm. you know might be the last time that I'm washing up and looking out the window I'm going to enjoy this washing up do you know what I mean little things like that actually being in the moment and then there's other times where I'm like I just just need to be on my own I just mm. need to reflect and think about what we've just discussed and you know it's, it's just it's just a fantastic thing to make you live your best life and be all openly available
1: that's brilliant. Because I think it can. people can be scared of what they're going to unpick or what they...
2: I thought um, I was I didn't, I didn't want to. Because in my mind... Sorry, I, I feel like I really interrupted. No. But in my mind, my sister's like, I think you should speak to someone. I think you should not... Because I was normal. But she said, everyone has things. And it's really nice to have someone to talk to. But I felt like I was... I didn't need that. I'm normal. I don't need that. But actually it's not about being normal we should as normal you should all have that do you know what I mean and then I started having it done or speaking to someone I was like wow this is the most amazing journey to be on ever like to actually look into yourself and think ah I did need this help I really needed it and I can live a better life from having been more aware of staying in my own lifeboat (laughs) Did you did you have to do lifeboats? I don't think I did lifeboats. Oh God, it's amazing.
1: But I think I remember thinking I'd spent such a lot of time trying to make sense of the world and other people. Mm. And then in counselling, realising that actually the most important thing to understand was me and yeah. how I interacted with the world.
2: Yeah, you're so good, though. How have you found lockdown on your own?
1: I've actually been okay, but now that I'm speaking to you, I haven't had any therapy or counselling for a couple of years, and I'm now thinking, God, maybe I would benefit from going back, just because I've been – I actually think one of the benefits of having had the counselling that I've had is that I always used to – when I used to be by myself, it was almost like I was on standby mode. Like, it didn't – that time didn't matter because I wasn't around other people. Mm -hmm. So – and it sounds really silly. I was never dirty, but I would just like, what's the point in tidying up? You I know. get
2: it. I get it. But then that can develop into what's the point in washing?
1: Yeah. Washing,
2: changing my clothes. And then that becomes depression.
1: Exactly. You
2: know I mean? It's very, exactly I I think it's something that um our own minds are so powerful. And I really think we take it for granted how powerful our minds are. You know, like actually growing up this is going really deep but growing up I had a boyfriend and um I don't know what happened I don't know what the 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 positioning was but every time he'd obviously done something I don't know because it was around this time and I felt very insecure and every time I ate I thought it started off with Indian food every time I ate I'd be like I'm gonna be sick I'm gonna be sick there's something in this is gonna make me sick it's gonna make me sick and I'd physically be sick Right. And then it went on to other stuff. And I said to my mom, "Mum, I can't hold food down when I eat. I'm sick. And she was like, right. we Well, are you making yourself sick? I'm like, no, I'm not, Mum. I promise you. I'm not. I, I love food. I wouldn't do that. Um, And then she said, right, OK, we're going to take you to the hospital, to the doctors. I went to the doctors. I went to the hospital and I had to have a barium meal. And that's when you drink something and they check what's going on inside you. And they said to me, there's this, this absolutely you can't see any signs of anything. There's nothing wrong with you. I was never sick again. It just Mm. needed someone who was really like a doctor or whatnot to tell me, you're totally fine. And it never happened again. And actually that's one of the things I've taken on with my kids as well, because often they will feel like there's something wrong with them. mum, 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 this pain's pain. I will always listen to them and be like, do you know what? Would you like me to take you to see someone? I don't think there's anything there, but... If you want to, and and then they'll stop. It's so funny, but just having that support and knowing someone's listening to them is so crucial for them. um I feel like I've taken this whole conversation onto a completely no. Way.
1: It's it's but, reminded me of a podcast I did recently with Dr. Jeffrey Rediger, who's done loads of research into spontaneous um, what's it called spontaneous healing, spontaneous recovery, essentially. So people who are given a terminal diagnosis and then they're signed off, and it's just you know they've they're given a certain amount of time but in some instances they make a full recovery and so he spent the last 20 years exploring that and a lot of the stuff that he uh, a lot of the data and there is a lot of scientific data to back it up it's not just anecdotal but a lot of it is change in mindset so the person being told that and how they it changes how they think and live, uh,
2: live my best life for whatever time I've got left and then that positivity almost tips it
1: Yeah. So it's not to say that it's a cure, but it's just that um, in the cases that they've studied, it's a significant um, factor in what they think contributes to them being well again, which is just fascinating.
2: It's so interesting. Our minds are so powerful, which is why I think it's really important to nurture it, to look after it and to have someone to talk to that will help you keep that mind on the right path and in the right direction and thinking the right thoughts because we don't even know how much it controls us and how powerful it is. Like I couldn't control what was happening at all. I felt that I couldn't, I just needed someone to tell me you're fine. And then it was yeah. gone. so weird, those crazy things that, um, yeah. So
1: power of the mind. So did you start that in lockdown or is that just,
2: I've been doing it before, but it's been crucial during lockdown.
1: Mm. It's
2: absolutely crucial. Um, because it's been a really tough time, you know, and I think everyone's dealt with lockdown in very different ways. Some people have been like, "I'm too scared to go out, some people have gone out some people you know what I mean I think everyone um has had their different feelings about what's going on in the, the big wide world, if you know what I mean, and it's yeah. quite scary, like luckily, Ian and I are normally on different pages with it. He's far more um Be careful, do this, wash your hands. He's a a bit more neurotic, I would say, Um, whereas I'm not so. But together, we make that nice balance because we listen to each other and respect each other. And I think, yeah, Ian's telling me to do this, so I should do it. Ian, actually, if you go out to the supermarket, it's okay. The rules are there. It shows you because he panics more about... What if I'm not doing it right? What if I'm not keeping? I'm like, get out there and you'll see. Mm. The distance is there. They make sure you know it. But some people are scared to even do that because they're like, what if I get it wrong? Um, It's really interesting.
1: When I had Kate Somerville on the podcast recently, because I was freaking out about, I got really scared about going to the supermarket and things like that. And when I get scared of something, I have to force myself to then do it. Yeah. Because otherwise it will control me um not control me but m- my mind will take over and make it much bigger than it is whereas if then if I address it and I had Kate Somerville on the podcast and she works with a lot of frontline workers in her clinic who obviously and I weren't working in her clinic in Beverly Hills they were working on the frontline and they were all wearing PPE they were all doing everything that they needed to do and there were no cases so she said so you know that if you do the right things if you are washing your hands constantly if you're wearing your mask that the risk of getting it is is quite quite low. So that gave me a real bolster actually. Yeah. <laughs> of just thinking if I just follow the rules, then that's the most I can do.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the perfect advice for you is that- Like we can't live our lives um, trapped in our own minds. I mean, we have to actually be like, you know what? I'm going to go out. And if I feel uncomfortable, at least I made it to the shop and then I'll go back. And then next time I'll go a little bit further and I might go in the shop. But I'm going to suss out the atmosphere and I'm going to suss out what to do. Because I think a lot of people, it's more, what if I get it wrong? What if I don't do it right? Mm. But take a drive there, stay in your car, have a look, see what other people are doing, see how they queue, see that they're, and then go home. And then tomorrow I'm actually going to go in the shop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, it is, it is a crazy time.
1: Although I do think it was because of Ian and I think it was on Haste House, Haste's House on Instagram, where yeah. he went to the front gate to go and get an Amazon delivery or something and he went with a with gloves and a disinfectant spray. <laughs> and I think for that reason, I was leaving my post for like a day before I opened
2: it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do because Ian is more neurotic. I don't know if neurotic is the right word, but he's more, he worries a bit more than me mm. because he wants to protect us all. And I'm like, ah but together that balance is really really good because then he's like well Nick I'm like oh yeah you're right you're right I should be a little bit more
1: mm. so let's talk about the gym a bit more because I think we were coming back to that because yeah. you uh your workouts are truly inspiring and I have watched your workouts before <laughs> where you do your burpees. you are really good at burpees I
2: really enjoy burpees yeah, that's, that's weird, mate. <laughs> I, know, I know, Ian's like, I don't know why you enjoy it. I think that's the thing. If you If you changed, I'm trying not to do them all the time now so that I don't find them as easy when I go back to it. And I don't find burpees easy, don't get me wrong, but it becomes habit, that movement, that become second nature so I'm trying to do different movements so they become the next second nature and that you know what I mean so that every part of your body is moving and you don't have to think so much about it if that makes sense I think because of having MS I'm trying to stimulate every muscle and every movement and work on different ones so that they don't get forgotten and don't remember how to work
1: I think What I've noticed about your workouts as well is that I think for a long time, I used to, you know, go to the gym, bicep curl, bicep curl. And I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing. And then I watched some of your workouts where I think you had a plate on your foot to really strengthen your, I think, your left foot. Yeah. And it just made me realise that, so when you are working out, you are so engaged, not just physically, but mentally in what you're working.
2: Totally. And that's, and those little tiny isolation movements are to wake up the muscles that you wouldn't necessarily use all the time. So, you know, or you, we never know when those muscles will be called into action. So you want to make sure that all of those muscles are working. And actually, training new muscles is so exhausting. So, so exhausting because you're thinking, your brain is working, everything is active to try and get that to work. It's so interesting. Like, my brother can now come in the house because he's in our in our circle and he trains me and he's just bloody brilliant he really is a brilliant trainer and he gives me movements and I'm like oh that won't be hard and I'm like John I'm (laughs) dropping everywhere and I'm literally not even doing something difficult I'm literally I've got a plate on my belly and I'm doing thrusting movements up and I'm like how does it hurt that much You know, I'm just some of the stuff you're like, how am I so exhausted just from doing this? Like he said to me the other day, I had to do triceps and biceps. And I thought, oh, um, biceps will be easier. I didn't realise biceps were actually harder because it's only two muscles where triceps are three. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm just sweating constantly. So it's really, it really is good. And we have good music on while we're doing that as well. And luckily my brother has the same music taste as me. And I did joke to him the other day because I said, can you imagine Jim and Sam listening to any of the music that we listen to and we just laughed because they like much, Jim likes dark music that so I'm like, how do you feel happy listening to this? I feel so sad. I feel sad for you. And Sam just, you know, he'll put on 90s, I don't know what we listened to the other day. Something, and I said Sam would never listen to this because she's too cool. <laughs> she is
1: achingly cool. And I was watching one of her lives. It wasn't when was it? A couple, probably start of lockdown. And she was listening to like some really cool, cool '90s music, I think. And I thought, oh. oh god, that's the music that the kids at school who I wanted to hang out with were listening to, but I wasn't cool enough to be in their gang.
2: Yeah, my that's my sister. She's so cool. And then um, we. Edie said to me the day, we, we went for a walk with my sister, a distance walk, and Edie said to me, Mummy, afterwards, Mummy, will you still love me if I tell you this? I was like, of course I still love you. I'll always love you, my darling. What, what do you mean? She's like, I think Auntie Sam's prettier than you. <laughs> I was like, oh, darling, so do I. But it's all about personality, and mine is way better. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing. She was like, she looked so scared to tell me. I was like darling there's so many people that are it's not about <laughs> looks it's not about looks sweetheart I think Auntie Sam no I think she was started talking about Auntie Sam's makeup because she had a bright red lip on and Edie was obviously like so into this red well it's her red lip and Edie was so into it and she was like "Mummy," started off "Mummy, I think you should do your makeup like Auntie Sam I was like yeah 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 why why would you still love me because I think she's a lot prettier than you. I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> I think you and Sam should recreate
1: the Beyonce Shakira video. You know, where you think oh. that it's, you know, when like you think it's Shakira, but it's actually Beyonce and they kind of play. I think you should do that.
2: That would be amazing. Edie would love it. Although uh, neither us can move like Beyonce or Shakira.
1: But the thing about the pair of you is that whenever I open Instagram and I see a picture, I just instantly am like, whoa.
2: <laughs> It's not the first picture I take, I promise you that. It's probably the 10th. I give myself a 10-picture cut off, and then I'm like, nah, it's not today.
1: No, I'm exactly the same, but I, I actually bought a reflector in lockdown. Oh,
2: really? yeah. What, for, for, for making sure the light is right?
1: Yeah, so it's got a silver side, a gold side, a black side, and a white side because it's one of these things you can sit around. And I thought that'll make my uh, selfies look better. And then I'll post one. And I don't retouch or do anything to them because I'm just like, I don't know how to. And then sometimes I think, yeah, maybe you should learn them <laughs> because I look back at them and I'm like, oh,
2: god. Oh, I, no one got time for retouching themselves. Because when people see you in the flesh, they'll be like, you don't actually look like that. Like you look nothing like your Instagram and then it's just living a lie, isn't it?
1: Do you know what? I once went on Sky News because it was when it was years ago, probably about 10, 12 years ago, when there was a big debate about airbrushing. And I was supposed to be on, you know, from a magazine, why it's not bad. And the only argument I could come up with was, um, yes, people like Jordan are airbrushed. But I've also been out on a night out with with Katie and people still recognize her. So it's not like we're making people unrecognisable and that was my only defense it's like it's not like you walk into a bar and people go crikey who bought in the hunchback of notre dame you know she's still a beautiful person
2: is she inside (laughs) (laughs) depends where you it depends where you perceive beauty i'll never forget the time that we were out and um my sister saw katie and she was like oh my god i'm gonna have my photo taken with katie and i would always be i'm like well, go on, then I'll take it. I'm, I don't want a photo with her. Because I just would get the cringes from asking. And Sam would never ask anyone. But because it was Jordan, a.k.a. Jordan, she was like, I'm going to ask. And she was really rude to my sister, which I found funny, so funny. I was like, this is amazing. I still have the picture.
1: Oh, I might have to see that picture. Yeah, yeah. I still have
2: the picture. And I just sometimes just send it to my sister. And like, remember the time you asked Jordan for a photo. It does make me laugh. But, yeah, I'm sure she probably is nice. Maybe it was just an off day.
1: I I follow this new... There's this account on Instagram called um, De Moi, at De Moi, so the French for two, mois, And it is just basically like people DMing with their sightings or experiences with celebrities. Oh. Oh, my God, I'm going to send you the link next. So in the morning when I wake up, there's like a hundred stories and it will be like spotted Ben Affleck and it'll be a story about Ben Affleck or someone buying donuts and I am riveted by this account it's just the most I mean listeners Nick and I've been talking beforehand about we both watched Selling Sunset yesterday and if you can consume Selling Sunset in one or two sessions then you will really like this account it's great what's it called it's called Demois so at d-e-u-x-m-o-i but I'll send you the link and I'll put it in the show notes.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, that's very exciting. Is there anyone that you've read that you've been like, oh my God, you know, everyone has bad days. Don't
1: That's the only thing. So when I worked on a celebrity magazine, the thing that I got asked the most was who's the best and who's the worst celebrity that you've ever met. And I, after, like in the beginning, I got really shy about answering. And then after a while I said, it's like a Polaroid of somebody. So if I, my experience of somebody is such a weird environment. Like I've been on, like I've met some really famous people and they haven't been particularly nice, but then with years, years down the line and with more experience, you just think I can kind of understand why that like maybe that shoot or maybe that particular photo call or whatever they were doing, maybe they didn't want to be there and I can kind of understand why they had a cob on. I think it takes a lot to be it able to.
2: Depends on the app, on the environment, if you are approaching someone as Sam did with, with Katie on, and they're not working, Then, and they're a little bit like, Oh God, really? Okay. And they're a bit like that. Then I can understand it a bit more, but in a work environment, when you are paid to go in, have photos done or you're doing interviews to promote something, don't be a dick. Like it's just not necessary. It's like, okay, you can think, Oh my God. If you feel, if you if you go in to interview someone and they're really really arsy, they could at least say, "I'm so sorry, I haven't had any drink for the last hour. I haven't had a. T- I just need something with a bit of sugar to spike me and to make me feel yeah. a bit better." Like we did Kim K, and we were quite late in the day, and I went in and she was having a tea and she put about five full big sugars in her tea, and she was still lovely. And I thought, bless her. She's been probably up nonstop. She's got to, she's in the UK. She's got to do so much press. She was still really professional, but I was like, she's just boosting her little energy level. And I thought that was really, really, you know, she wanted to be on top form and was lagging a bit. Yeah. You know I
1: I Yeah. She's always been super professional when I've interviewed her, but I remember distinctly Anthony Perkins from Psycho, so, when they were filming, when they were shooting Psycho on the film lot, yeah. obviously, because it's a film lot, they have all these tours and these like little buses that go through, like a safari essentially, like, and over there, they're filming this film about Psycho. I remember his co star saying, him like he was getting annoyed because there were people taking pictures this is like obviously having like 40 years ago or something getting annoyed about all the people taking pictures and he said no you don't get annoyed what you do is when you see the van we stop what we're doing and we wave because they'll remember that that was them that was us creating psycho and they will then go to the theater and go and watch it
2: yeah see that's the right attitude to have you have to put your mind into a different state and think just plow on through for the next you know five minutes or and I get that not everyone can be lovely all the time Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but um it depends on the environment and what you're asking of them and and when and whatnot but you can at least say I'm so sorry not today
1: 100% I think I'm just realizing I don't think I have a picture with Jordan don't you which seems bizarre seeing as I went to her wedding (laughs) you? her and Peter did you I was one of the journalists that covered it.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's like another life ago now, isn't
1: it? It do you know what? It really. I don't know about you, but so where you are now, when you think about like working on working at Mac, yeah, and now we obviously bring it today. Like you have a, a lipstick out with them, but when I think about my early career, it feels like a memory of somebody else's life. Yeah,
2: yeah, it is. It is crazy, isn't it? I think. They were probably some of the best years I ever had where I didn't have to think before I spoke so much. Do you know what I mean? Now I'm like constantly like, and I'm not a bad person that would have bad thoughts, but you still have to think, am I offending someone with everything that you say and stuff? Whereas then, mm-hmm. if I offended people, the better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't care. I'm young and free and party and booze and then you become
1: yeah I think you're really good at it sounds really good at just owning what you say because there's always going to be somebody particularly with the numbers of followers that you guys have and obviously we have mates who have similar sort of numbers who it doesn't matter what they say somebody is going to slide into the dms and say something negative about what they've said or try to correct them
2: oh without a doubt without a doubt um I feel like I've very much learned to stole my personality down, I suppose, which is such a shame I can't wait for it to be back, and it will soon, I mean, you know what I mean there's been certain things that mean that you have to keep um careful of what you say. I can't wait to be out at f and blind do you know what I mean like I'll probably never get a job again, but hey hey
1: no, I've been missing that a little bit in lockdown well i've obviously ever missing the fact that i'm not going out a few times a week with my mates but that thing of just going rah you know just having a bit of a dump about a brain dump about what you've what you're thinking or what's wound you up or what you find yeah. funny all of that kind of stuff unedited
2: yes, we'd, love. we'd love our unedited us is amazing <laughs> edited us is is nice i was saying to
1: you a couple of months ago right in the i think in the middle of it god can you just imagine when we all get together and someone comes over and brings us like some drinks
2: oh my god. i just want that to happen again do you think that will it's got to. i think so i miss being able to go into london and just be like are you about emma do you want to go for a class of prosecco or whatever do you know what i mean just to be able to do that
1: I think we still, I think we will. We'll just have to be
2: a bit... It would be different. It will yeah. just be different. We'll have to really shout two metres apart. <laughs> How are we doing? Get us another bit. Get us another whatever.
1: I'm waiting for you and or Sam, although Sam's already hinted at it, so I think she might be the one to do it, to appear on Instagram with a full like forehead makeup situation because ah. there is a lot of real estate on that, on our faces.
2: Oh, my God.
1: We could potentially...
2: Have you seen that. Those masks that are plastic around the mouth. So they're, they're like, a so you can see the lips. That's just going to clean up, isn't it? They were on, um, Ian, Ian showed me last night, they're on Instagram, Um, you know, when they do that kind of paid placement, so you can click through and then it arrives and it's the most shittest thing. You do. <laughs> Ian does it all the time. And I'm like, what have you got now? And he's like, yeah, I got it from Instagram, you know, where you buy the stuff. And I was like, that is... He bought a um, what are those black thing? Those cameras that fly in the sky and film everything. Oh, drone! Yes, I couldn't even think of the word. He bought a drone and he said, oh, "I watched it on an Instagram video. It looked like the best drone you could ever buy. Sixty dollars, best thing." He was like, "It films this, it films that." It came and it was literally looked like it was a McDonald's little toy that you got with your Happy Meal. Do <laughs> it, and it instantly went and smashed on the floor. I was like, that is the shittest thing you've ever bought. So it's kind of like a running joke now. Didn't you buy like
1: a holster harness thing to make you sit up straight?
2: Oh yeah, but that wasn't even from there. I bought a holster because I, having giant tits in a previous life, <laughs> um, I my shoulders naturally go forward and I wanted to get my posture back, which I don't know why I'd want because then it makes my boobs look big again. Hey Hey, I just bought it. It chafed my underarm so badly that I felt like I was going to get blisters. I had to, like, plaster under my arm <laughs> before I put it on. I was like, this is tough. I ended up giving it to my sister's Ryan because he he wanted one. I was like, I've got one. You can have it. Let me know if it works better. I think I might invent one because that one was duff.
1: I keep getting the one at the moment on my Instagram that's the the thing that you lie on that re that stops your that lengthens your spine. So you can change it so it's like a little a little ramp or a bigger ramp and you basically lie on it and it puts the S shape back in your spine. So if you if you do this a lot. And I am this close to buying it.
2: That sounds quite good. It
1: does. But
2: it arrives, it will be literally like crap.
1: It will fall me. apart, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but Instagram ads, ads do always get my attention.
2: I know. Well, I don't get many ads on mine, I don't think. I haven't turned off ads or anything. I'll probably, that's the thing. When you talk about something, that's when the ads come through. I'm going to get ads for your back thing. <laughs> Send me a link because they're, they're listening. Oh
1: my God, if you do, just you have to let me know. That would be yeah. fascinating.
2: What, what is it called? You know, back straightener. I'm just talking into my phone. <laughs> I don't
1: know what it's called, but I, I, I've taken it to the point where I've actually like bookmarked the actual website because I thought when I buy it. Well, so
2: what, would you, what would you Google if you were buying that back straightener? It's like back
1: stretcher archer thing.
2: Okay, I'm going to say that. <laughs> and, let you know. and if they do, I'm going to screen grab it and you can put it in the story. Of <laughs> back straightener, back stretcher. Right, let's see whether that will that, uh, There you an uh, eye on it over the next few days and let you know.
1: Um, I've loved your feel good habits. And I also think that this has been a really selfish way for, way for me to feel good today is chatting to you.
2: Oh, I was so excited when you asked me. I was like, oh, do we actually have to talk about anything or can we just chat?
1: <laughs> well, when when I can bubble up or when I can get out, uh, I am straight up. Your
2: come, gaff. Yeah, come to Norfolk. Uh, I'd love for you to be straight up my gaff. <laughs> that sounds absolutely amazing and very pleasurable.
1: I'll bring, I'll bring pink Prosecco and nibbly bits. Yeah. And straight- basically I will cook you my best meal, which will be one of Ian's meals, <laughs> and so he can
2: then judge it. Which sounds amazing. He is, yeah, he can, he can judge it all. We could just drink and let him cook, which would be even better. And by then, the pool might be done who knows who knows it's it's a it's a long process
1: i believe in you i believe in the pool and i believe in us
2: and we'll have it so it'll be fine exactly
1: um this has been absolutely delightful listeners i'm going to put the links to nick everything that she talked about probably harry styles and stevie nicks and obviously your lipstick uh in the show notes but it's just been the best time the best like yeah, it's been the best. Been the rest of the day, I'm going to go and sit in the park with a massive hat on and all the SPF and read a book because it's too <laughs> hot to sit at the computer.
2: You're going to Joan Collins it or something, aren't you? Like massive hat. And...
1: I wish I don't have a I don't have a caftan. I in the la- seriously in the last two weeks I have bought and returned. I kid you not about twenty summer dresses, and I've never worn summer dresses before because I've always had big boobs. This is my first summer without big boobs. <laughs> yeah. And I just, nothing looks right. So I'm just like, it's denim shorts and it's vest tops for me.
2: Yeah, you can't go wrong in, wrong in denim shorts anyway. Um, I had I did order this amazing summer hat that folds down and you could take it on holiday with you. And then it's it kind of unwires and folds back around. Mm. Really I'll have to let you know what it is if you like a big hat.
1: Well, only because I never sit in the sun, because obviously sun's quite dangerous. But So if I am going to sit in the sun, I've got this big straw hat that I whack on.
2: (laughs) Mm, (laughs) But
1: obviously with all the SPF. But yeah, I'm going to...
2: you being all right. I think people know that you're going to put SPF on, but this this is what social media (laughs) makes you do. It makes you have to, at the end, say, obviously I'm going to SPF and not put cooking fat all over my skin, which is what we used to do when we were at school.
1: True that. Lemon right. juice on your hair, olive, olive oil on the skin, right?
2: Yeah, wasps love it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like sunning, lemon juice, anything, spray. I used to take an, an old, sorry, I know you, you want to end this, but I, I haven't talked to anyone for a while. Um, <laughs> I used to take an old bottle of doobry, Jubilee from Body Shop. Body Shop, yep, yep, yep. Empty it, fill it with cooking oil. So that when, in my school lunch break, when the sun was out, I'd spray my legs with cooking oil so they'd get cooked and tanned. That's Who bad. does that? Kids do not do that. It's the most stupid thing in the world. But I grew up in the 90s. We took risks.
1: We also didn't really know. Like, in fairness, yeah. it wasn't as the warnings about the dangers of the sun were not as well known.
2: Yeah, there was no social media to tell you how dangerous life is.
1: (laughs) It's a wonder we go outside at all. Oh, hang on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't. We don't.
1: (laughs) This is going to be what it's going to be. It's just going to be, we're all going to be at each other's houses now.
2: I love that. Now I'm older. Probably wouldn't have loved it so much in my younger years, but now I'm older. I don't want to leave my house. Bloody love it. I've made it exactly how I want it. Come to me. Love yeah
1: it. and actually i will put the link listeners to Hayes house your social media account for the house which covers the pool
2: covers, building. the pool covers me and ian being absolute dickheads most of the time i um, enjoy it hugely yeah he winds me up i wind him up it covers married life in the stories although the actual feed looks really like housey although we're going to make that a bit more family as well
1: It's really lovely and it's just been the best to speak to you. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. And you. I will. Bye.